Bullshit. What's your favorite generation? It's the No BS Marketing Show. I'm Dave Mastovich, CEO and founder of Mass Solutions, your no bullshit marketing firm. Whether you're Generation Z, Millennial, Generation X, Boomer, Silent Generation, whether you like marketing to one of those generations, I'm here today to tell you that when we look at generations, it creates a blind spot for marketers. And I want to give you some insights on that and ideas on how you can avoid the generation trap. And the generation trap from a marketing standpoint is this. It's easy to talk about generations. And it's kind of fun. We can all relate to some of the characteristics of the generation that we're in. So if you're a millennial, you're tired of getting bashed because people bashed the millennial generation because that's another common thing that's happened through the history of time. Let me just tell you, as a generation Xer, we were bashed when we were in our teens and 20s and boomers were bashed when they were in their teens and 20s and so on and so on. And there's all kinds of examples of this. I remember looking at an article from the 1950s that was bashing a generation and it was just something that was in a magazine that I was reading. It was in a post that I was reading. Every generation gets bashed when they're young, but it's easy to fall into the generation trap from a marketing messaging storytelling standpoint, because it's something that we can relate to. We can all see those traits in ourselves and others in our generation that we're supposedly in. And we can also see those traits in people that are in generations before and after us that we know. And so because we're able to see certain traits, we tend to think, oh, that, that makes sense. There's some validity to it. But the reality of generational marketing is that it's too wide of a span. When you think about it, when the generation analysis began, and it might've been with the silent generation, it definitely was big time with the boomers. It was typically broken out into 18 years. So there was the silent generation, the World War II generation and so forth, and the boomers, and they broke it out into 18 years. And if you go back and look at the history of this, it was primarily because they looked at a generation as 18, because that's from the time of birth until you graduated high school. And that's some of the biggest phases of your lives as a kid, and you're now becoming an adult. And it made sense. So people said, okay, that's this generation was 18 years, this generation's 18 years. Well, then the rules kind of got broken with millennials and they started grouping them into 10, 15 years, maybe 18, maybe 20. There's one analysis of millennials that says 1980 to 2000 says they're 20 years. The problem with using that 18 years is while it makes sense to say, we started out saying the generations were based on from the time you were born until you got out of the house and, and you were an adult because that first couple of generations college wasn't as big of a deal, is that when you look at it from the standpoint of similarities amongst people, when you are younger, when you're under the age of 30, even five years in difference in age can make you think that that person is from another planet. Think about it. 
When you're 18 years old, what do you think of a 13-year-old? When you're 30, what do you think of a 25-year-old? When you're 25, how similar are you to a 20-year-old? When you're 10, do you think and act like a five-year-old? So the first thing is that when you're under the age of 30, the similarities between someone even five years apart, let alone 10 or 15 or 18, is nil. A 30-year-old and a 12-year-old, a 30-year-old and a 13-year-old would be in the same generation. They don't think alike at all. After the age of 40, a 42-year-old and a 55-year-old could share many commonalities. They could think the same way. They could purchase the same way. So your first problem is the 18-year gap is really difficult in any of the generations, but even a five-year gap is huge when you're dealing with younger than 30 and probably even younger than 35. Once you're over a certain age, it does come to a point where there are some similarities. So the biggest problem with generational marketing, the generation trap, is that you haven't made that segment as drilled down as much as it should be. So the segment should be drilled down by three years, five years, seven years, at the most 10. But the second major problem with generation marketing, the generation trap, is it's really looking at primarily one or two variables. They're looking at age as the primary variable. They're not really taking into account geography much when they're talking about Generation X. They don't say, Generation X in Chicago was different than Generation X in Idaho. And so they're not really pulling in other variables. They might be talking about shared experience. So they're getting some psychographic variables because they can say 9-11 happened and impacted this generation at a young age, or the internet came into being when this generation was 15 or 13. So that's a, a, a psychographic variable of how they view the world. But the biggest problems come down to two points. One, it's too wide of a span on the major variable that's used for generational marketing. And the second is that it only uses primarily one, maybe two variables when to make inroads on your segmentation, because isn't this what we're really talking about? Isn't that what generational marketing really is? It's a form of segmentation. It's a form of marketing segmentation. When you want to do segmentation, you've got four rules of segmentation. That market has to be definable. If you can't define them, you can't measure it, you can't manage it. It's got to be accessible. There's got to be a way to reach that, that market. You've got to be able to look at that market and understand it differently and be able to see that it's differentiable. So it's, it's got to be accessible. It's got to be measurable. It's got to be actionable and it's got to be differentiable. I'll go through it again. First, if you can't measure anything that you do, you can't manage it. So you've got to be able to measure what happens to that segment that you choose. It's got to be accessible so you can actually reach that segment. So when you say the baby boomers and you stop there, you can reach them maybe with some mass marketing or something that really takes off on a, on a, on a social media. But for the most part, most companies 
can't reach that. So you, it's got to be measurable. It's got to be accessible and actionable. There's got to be a way to take action within budget. It's got to be differentiable. So there's got to be a difference between the parts of that and other, other markets. So what, that's the first thing. You've got to have four requirements of effective segmentation. And the generations don't quite come up to snuff on all four of those. It's difficult to take action on that entire generation with just those few variables. It's not as accessible with just those two variables. You're doing, you're, you're really going too wide and it's going to be difficult to measure because you're going through an 18 year period. And it's not as differentiable as you'd think because we've gone such broad 18 year increments. So the four requirements of effective segmentation aren't quite met by generational marketing. But then when you get into the second part is you've got to use five types of variables. And I already said, we barely use anything geographic, which is one of the types of variables. We're using demographic because we're going by age, but we're not using much more. We're not saying income levels. We're not saying gender. We're just lumping it into one variable of demographic. We're not using much of psychographics. Psychographics are how you believe and how you think and, and styles and mindsets and values. And so there are some of the psychographics when we say that boomers think this certain way and millennials think certain way. So I think it's fair to say there's some psychographics. And then there's behavioral segmentation is the user rate and things like how, when a person buys and how much they buy. So that's probably used somewhat when companies are doing generational marketing. And the fifth type of variable is firmographics, which is demographics for B2B. So when you get to the five, again, it's kind of loosey-goosey. You're close to using the five types of variables. You're using two or three of them. So you're close to meeting a couple of the four requirements of sec effective segmentation. You're using a couple of the five variables, but then the big one where you're missing the mark is you need to use at least six different variables to have a true drill down and your ideal segmentation of a particular market, six different variables. Those variables could be three demographics, two psychographics and a behavioral. It doesn't matter. You can mix and match, but that's the one that's really missing from generational marketing. And that's why companies are falling prey to the generation trap is that your generational marketing doesn't really meet all four of the requirements of effective segmentation. Generational marketing rarely uses four of the five different types of variables that you can use with business to consumer marketing kind of gets close, but not there. And it definitely rarely ever gets to six variables within that market that gives you the true ideal segmentation for a particular company to market to a particular segment. So that's the generation trap. That's why generational marketing is done. We like it because it's easy. We can laugh about it. We can kind of relate to the, some of the, com the comments about our generation and about our friends' generation, our family's generation. But the weaknesses of generation marketing is that we don't apply the key facets of true segmentation, true market segmentation that has four requirements for effective segmentation. It's got to be measurable, actionable, accessible, and differentiable. You've got to use as many of the five types of variables, psychographic, geographic, uh, demographic, behavioral, and firmographic. And you've got to take all that and get to six 
different, unique variables because then you truly drill down that segment. And when you look at a generation, it's 18 years wide, you're not gonna have as many similarities on the psychographics, you're not gonna have as many similarities on the geographic and demographic piece when you go with 18 years and you talk about an entire generation. So I want people to think about this because I hear clients from time to time saying, we've got to reach millennials or the boomers think this way. And that's okay as a starting point. I'm not here to slam you because I too reference those. I'm this thing called a human. And when you're this thing called a human, you're going to take this approach that's kind of unique and kind of sort of on, on mark and kind of funny and I can kind of relate to it. And so we're all going to mention generations. But what I'm saying, when you're taking the time to decide how to tell your story and who you're going to tell it to and you want to drill down to a segment that helps you achieve your top and bottom line goals for your company, generational marketing is not the way to go because it doesn't live up to the four, five, six segmentation model. And that's what we have to do. And that's all coming from the combination of Philip Kotler, the father of marketing, who talked about this stuff first, but my lifelong experiences and the things I've learned and the whole team of people that I've worked with and all kinds of people in other industries and scholars, it's a combination of business, education, government insights, and applying all this into the four, five, six segmentation model. So I just wanted to have this podcast focus on how generational marketing can be fun. Generational marketing can have us laugh and relate to it. And we're going to talk about generations. But when it comes to your real segmentation, you need to apply the four, five, six segmentation model so that you avoid that way of becoming a BS marketer. You don't want to be a bullshit marketer. You want to be a no BS marketer. And the way to do that is taking your segmentation to a level far beyond just lazily saying we're reaching millennials. Thanks for listening to another episode of the No Bullshit Marketing Show. I'm Dave Mastovich. Remember, ask yourself, what's the big idea? And build your story around the answer. It's all about bold solutions, no BS.